the Chief Executive Officer of the Victorian Amateur Football Association. Of course, we have many VAFA players and fans who listen and uh, listen to Beyond the Boundary. That's Brett Connell. Brett, good morning to you and thanks for joining us. No worries, lads. How are you going? Very good, mate. Uh, bright and early on a Sunday morning, it feels that way. Beautiful day outside. It's a shame we're not playing footy today, Brett. Yeah, yeah it would have been a bit nasty overnight, that's for sure. But, uh, <laughs> the grounds are... Uh, be a bit uh, wet underfoot today, so junior or senior, but no, it's um, it's looking positive. I mean, there was just some state government announcements, which um, yeah, seem to be uh, all ha- having us tracking in in the right direction. With obviously a few uh, hurdles to still get over, but uh, no, it's looking positive as we hold our line, so to speak. Uh, no, that's true, and uh, it's a moving thing, isn't it? There seems to be, uh, if you were just not off for half an hour, you'll miss something, and uh, as I say, state government announcement straight away. Our discussion earlier in the week, and I really appreciate your time on it and for joining us today, I know that you uh, mentioned to me that the club's concerns were about incurring costs to play. Um, at this point, it looks that uh, you guys are keen to play if you can. Uh, that, that the VAFA has a work in terms of manage, assisting with managing those costs for the VAFA clubs. I think the, the important thing to state right from the start is you know the health and well-being of our community and you know generally contributing to you know lowering or flattening curves and making certain that the community transmissions are at the lower end a, a priority. Our clubs were given the okay to train um, back on the 1st of June with some return to training protocols, which they've all met. Not all clubs have trained because some said, well, we don't want to incur costs until we know whether a season's going to start. So our board decided um, a couple of things we still need to get over, but certainly the 22nd of June will be a deadline for us because we need about a month out before we can plan, particularly for fixturing and have our clubs ready to go. So... Um, Contact training's been announced this morning by the state government on the 13th of July. So, you know, we'd be hoping to get our season if we step over a few hurdles um, away on the 25th of um, July, which would then certainly give us a um, about a half a season, so nine nine games, and we're hoping for nine for men and nine for women, and maybe a two or three week final series. But um, the financial viability of our clubs is really really important. We want to make certain not just in the short term but the long term they come back. You know, reasonably healthy state discretionary spend, spend you know, commercially at a, at a local level is, is pretty tough. Um, businesses shut, pubs, clubs, cafes, those sorts of things. So they're the mainstay of our footy clubs. So we're trying to make certain that we balance that out. But um, certainly players and coaches are very keen to return. It's our administrators who we've got to satisfy as well. And our board are pretty keen to um, make certain we jump over a few things, just make certain that, you know, insurance coverage is... Um, appropriate and to the level that we require to certainly protect our clubs and our volunteers. Um, crowd numbers for club, our clubs are probably not vital. We don't take gates, so it's, um, it's certainly stepping through that one. But finals, crowds are pretty important for us. Um, yeah. So in terms of cost for clubs, Bear, um, club yeah. fees, What's uh, is there any plan around what you'd be charging clubs to participate in the 2020 season if you are to get it up and running? So we, we've done some financial modelling on um, what would, would actual cost be a minimum, so reducing costs back. Our staff's back to about 90% at the moment in terms of costs. Um, we've allowed our clubs and said to our clubs, we'll only charge you 25% of what a normal okay. uh, association levy would be. We're still waiting on some insurance costs to come from um, from the AFL, which will be forthcoming pretty shortly, I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and then umpire costs, that will be uh, pro rata, so basically clubs will be user-pay system. Um, if they choose to play, 
and that's an opt-in basically at this stage. Um, and as we get closer, clubs will tell us that they're ready to play and how many teams they want to field, and then we'll be able to let them know um, in around our umpires. But I must say that you know the VAFI UA have been really supportive. Any discussions we've had with them, they're looking at taking some sort of haircut too on reducing their cost to clubs. Mm. So any every um, for all the focus that's been for us, particularly around reducing our costs across the administration level at the VAFA and cost to clubs to return to play because it's pretty important socially and physically to get out there and have a game of footy, but we've all sort of make certain that we get people through this year and then certainly with a plan for next year and the future years that they all come back in a reasonably healthy state. And I know Lee at Southern, um, and I talk about Western Region, Essendon, Eastern and Northern, we're all in discussions, particularly around that, having a healthy community football competitions um, on the return in 21 and beyond. Interesting on that too, uh, Brett, the uh, Southern, Essendon and Western made an announcement uh, during the week, uh, in a joint statement that, uh, well, firstly, there was, I think there was a Western one saying they were aware of the announcements of the Eastern and Northern, but they're uh, since saying that they're uh, going to play footy, and if they do, it'll be with a $0 salary cap. Um, we did try to reach out to Matt Duck as a former Southern boy. Of course, he's the chief executive at West, and he politely declined. But uh, 22, I think, of his 25 clubs have voted to play at this point. Where does it fit with you as an amateur competition to see that these other three leagues have decided to go ahead potentially with a zero-player payment scheme? Oh, that's a matter for them. Um, we've been doing it for 128 years. We're probably a little bit ahead of... The other comps in terms of having you know, player payments on match days, so you know the, the requirement of gates and bars and you know trying to drive a revenue through a match day is less impact from our footy club perspective. Um, but the same costs are occurred. You know, used to be able to pay for physios and trainers. You're certainly doing your match day operations, your training lights, all those sorts of things are pretty standard. So, and we applaud those efforts. I mean, when I worked previously at AFL Victoria, the goal was to try and drive down player payments because. Volunteers and clubs work so hard to um, generate those um, funds, and they've been driving into community infrastructure um, and the like. And, and the player payments—that's always going to be there. I like the market. I mean, I like it that we're a point of difference at the VAFA that we don't pay players, um, and that we give people a game of footy for the for the real reasons. And I think. COVID's provided everyone that opportunity. So let's get back to what we all did when we were nine or ten. We just love kicking the footy. Yeah. So um, whether you're a man or a woman, you certainly can get out there and have a go. That's a good call, actually. It is a good call. Just in terms of those cost cutting, and famously the ammo's for many, many years. Uh, no bar during the game. It only opens up after the game. And understanding that um, income can be pretty important. And I reckon. Mm. I heard a story that this was being addressed by your good self uh, late last year, reported on the local footy show on Channel 31, uh, mm. that uh, there was a consideration of perhaps opening the bar uh, during the games. Uh, and, yeah. and, and right now, I guess, in the interest of uh, improving a club's ability to generate revenue. Mm. We certainly made that decision back in February. We held that announcement back. Uh, it's more going to be around our club lunches. that They'll have extended times. But um, given what... The volunteers have got in front of them just to prepare to come back in a pretty different different environment than they usually. We're going to hold off those relaxing and those alcohol rules until 21, just to make certain that clubs can get themselves organised. I mean, some clubs might only get four or five opportunities to play home games anyway, so they might have one or two bigger functions. We might certainly discuss or um, at this stage talk to them about extending some of those activities to help with their revenue streams. But at this stage, we've put it on hold for 21, more so for the volunteer burden factor, because we don't really know what the return-to-play protocols look like. Mm. Um, 
clubs have moved heaven and earth to make certain they can get out to train, you know, ball sanitizers and hand wipes and everything else that goes along with that temperature checks. Our clubs have been terrific. Um, biggest concern is we might have some breaches. We've had none of those across all of our community, you know, and our, our, I can only speak for ourselves, but we're really comfortable. The clubs that have returned to training have been responsible. What the protocols look like for playing, hopefully they're not too onerous um, and they're practical at a local level, um, and then we can look to move to there. Brett Connell is the CEO of the VAFA and he's uh, good enough to give us some of his time this morning here on Southern FM, a local footy special. If you've got any questions for Brett, you can text us in any time throughout the chat, 0404 736 Now, Brett, I've seen a lot of news surrounding players trying to get uh, clearances from other leagues that won't be taking part in uh, local footy this year to the VAFA. Is there a particular policy that the VAFA have, uh, have sort of put out in relation to that, like certain criteria that uh, that will allow for this to happen? Or have AFL Vic advised any any sort of things that, uh, that have to be followed in order for this to happen? It's a Carl, what, what we did, you know, 10 weeks ago is as the senior community footy comps has got together and talked about trying to be as aligned as possible. No one wants to rape and pillage another competition, certainly if um, Eastern and Northern aren't playing. There will be players who are looking for a game of footy. I think the zero salary cap across all the boards will stop out that people are going to walk in and ask for and demand money and obviously can't do that at the VAFA. So from our perspective, the, the focus was, um, I guess, in particular around the, the transfers in and but probably less out because if we're playing and hopefully we can get up and play, AFL Victoria will put in a, a permit system. So basically if you're registered with, let's use a club, Roville in the Eastern Footy League and you have players who are seeking a game of footy because you're not playing this year, they'll be granted a permit to play. So they, and they'll be into the Southern, Western, Essendon or VAFA if we go ahead. Yep. And um, if that's the case, then uh, for the VAFA, specifically for us, there's an integrity piece you need to go through if you're playing as a bona fide amateur. So there's a couple of steps to get through. They can certainly seek um, not a transfer, but a recess permit. Um, we'll get some information from AFL Victoria this week on the permit system. Um, but basically, you'll maintain your registration with your local club currently and just be permitted out, a bit like the VFL guys are permitted yep. out to play. Um, which will give us... I mean, it, it, it could compromise competitions, there's no doubt about that. We had a strong discussion around that. Yep. And their board will certainly consider, we don't want a, a flood of players in. I wouldn't have thought too many footy clubs um, generally would want you know five or six players joining them, which meant that the knock-on effect is that some guys are then pushed out of your seniors. Mm. They jump into your reserves, some guys miss out on a reserve game of footy, and if you haven't got a thirds comp or other things for senior guys, I mean... Reserve players are the mainstay of your footy club. So um, all of us to a person said, look, we don't want rape and pillage across the community if this happens. Um, and we certainly want to help protect one another. But um, getting away and playing is most important, particularly in a safe way. So just to follow on from that, uh, I posed the question to Lee Hartman, the CEO of the Southern Football, ne- Southern Football Netball League, a little earlier on to ask whether or not it'll just be primarily your senior competitions, your, your sort of, your, you know... Um, your premier divisions that will be coming back or if you'll see, you know, from A to Z uh, returning, including like reserves and thirds and uh, under-19s football as well, which I know there's a lot of uh, different leagues involved with the VAFA more so than the Southern Football Netball League. So is there a, a particular idea from uh, from the VAFA perspective of how many of those competitions will be returning? So we're in the business of giving people a game of footy, Carl. So everyone wants to play can certainly play. That's yep. our men and our women. We go pretty deep, so... 
we've had confirmation that the, the majority of our senior men's and women's want to play, so that's seniors and reserves. Mm-hmm. Our under-19 competition certainly would, whether yep. there's seconds and thirds teams at those levels, um, under-19s. We have a third men's senior competition, which yep. uh, in the main has been reasonably strong in the last couple of years. So we think most people want to get back and play. And sure. We have, a, have, a, have had every indication that we won't have a full full deck, but we're certainly close to 80 90% full of and fueling all those teams. And you know, we've got umpires who are really, really keen to umpire and get involved as well because yep. they love the game. So we want to give them an opportunity to run around too. So we're certainly looking for... It won't be 100%, I can guarantee you that, but certainly around that 80 90% of giving people a game of footy if we get up, yeah. Uh, well, we're talking to Brett Connell, the Chief Executive of the VAFA, and he's with us for another couple of minutes here. If you've got a question for him, text it through 0404 We'd love to uh, put that question to Brett. Now, um, bear the... Um we're aware that there are some clubs that perhaps aren't keen on playing for whatever reason. Mm. Uh, where does that? Where do they stand in terms of your competition? If you do go ahead uh, and they don't want to play, will they be penalised? They get left behind. How's it going to work? Well, it, it, it's certainly an opt-in at this stage, and, and any penalty based on um, what uh, the current environment is would be pretty harsh. I would suggest across the board, and mm. that's not a decision we've made, certainly, but you know, our relegation promotion system provides for two up, two down. If at this stage um, any teams indicated they couldn't play, there might well be a buy in, a, in that particular competition. But in terms of penalties for 21, um, we would hope that uh, they would all be able to maintain their mark of where they finished in 19 and know where they were playing in 20. If they choose not to play, we certainly wouldn't be looking to penalise them. We'll be working really closely with them, with Brian Goodman, our club development manager, to make certain that we um, you know, support and assist every possible club. Some are having trouble with grounds. Um, you know, with grounds across metropolitan Melbourne, we cover 28 of the 31 metropolitan councils. So, you know, there's North East Link, which is going to affect a couple of footy clubs out that way through Chandler and the Eastern Freeway. So we've got to support some of our clubs in Parks Victoria through... Um, the Albert Park region because some of the infrastructure was left on grounds, basically with a dispute over when the Grand Prix was cancelled. So some of those grounds are probably not ready to play on yet. Mm. So we're working really closely with local councils as well to, and the clubs to make certain that we can give them an opportunity to play. And, and obviously the state-of-the-art facility down at Elstonwick Park, well, if we can get teams on there as well and support them, it's a, it's a it's an association investment. So certainly, if that ground's vacant and clubs wish to play and we can't find a ground, we certainly would be providing one at Elstonwick Park. So we're lucky in that respect too. Mm, okay. So keen to play. What uh, what would yes. the final series look like? I mean, Lee has suggested that Southern are keen to, uh, based on the announcement today, that t- July twenty five could be a start date, and you've indicated that around the same. There's ten Saturdays between July twenty five and the end of September, um, mm. and then perhaps through to Caulfield Cup day beyond that for a final series um, how would it look because you guys have been running a final four system if I recall still yeah, so we so. run three week final series mm. um, our footy ops team worked pretty closely we always said when we knew what the what the date was we'd work back from there um, you know there's a cricket Victoria AFL Victoria um, announcement or an arrangement that we can play into October if need be I don't think we go to the situation where we just have the premier, so the premiership given to the team finishing on top. There's certainly been an indication from the majority of our clubs that they want an incentive to play. So a final series is certainly, whether it's two or three weeks will depend on, I guess, our, um, 
finances to make certain that we can manage that, mm-hmm. make certain we come out the other end as an association, that our clubs can afford it with umpiring as well. Yeah. The two or three week final series is certainly now possible given the state government announcements today, but we'll announce that further. I mean, we've got a, a board meeting on the 22nd. We certainly need to make a decision on or before then around our season. and We may... Um, you know, produce a fixture, certainly, um, but with a bit of a watch this space on the finals and how long it will go for. Because um, if crowds uh, can come back and there's certainly some positivity around the AFL and those larger venues, I mean, we don't have massive crowds. We're not talking tens, twenties, thirty, forty thousand people. We're certainly talking those three to five thousands at our finals venues. So if we can practically manage finals and crowd attendances, we'll certainly be pursuing that um, to make certain we support all their clubs. So just be clear then, uh, Bear, we're talking about uh, a board meeting for yourselves uh, on or around June 20-something, which is not that far away. 22nd, yeah. And we're not going to know for sure until then, but if it is a go, would you be able to put a number in your gut? What's the the percentage of uh, likelihood that you think you'll get a season up and running? At this stage, we've got some hurdles to get over. So we need some assurances around our insurance. You know, the protection of our volunteers is number one. That's we a big though, isn't it? That the, yeah, and we want to make certain... We want to know those costs. We certainly want to know um, crowds. You know, probably less of a concern for us. And we think, though, if we keep doing what the right thing, the crowd numbers will increase over. So we start in July, and it's certainly across August and September. That'll increase. Uh, the protocols, we need to be certain that they're not going to be up too onerous on our volunteers, as we all know. I mean, without volunteers, our footy clubs and our competitions don't run. So that's a big piece for us. We've had really strong and um, healthy discussions with the AFL and AFL Victoria about you know being practical for local clubs and volunteers to be able to manage. So that's obviously a really, really important one for us. So it's 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 the insurance piece. It's certainly around the financial viability of our clubs and making sure that those protocols are ticked off. So um, they're the the things we need to satisfy. As I said, the state government announcement today certainly gives us a little bit more positivity. Um, We're over a few hurdles. In terms of percentages... I mean, we're in the game of giving people... We're in the business of giving people a game of footy, so um, I'll stand by that, and I won't put a percentage around it just in case something breaks. But certainly, um, we, we, we want to move every... I guess every burden out of our way and jump every hurdle and get close and make a really informed decision by the 22nd to give our clubs a good lead-in and ourselves to prepare for um, what will be a really strange season, but a really unique season, and... You know, we're really positive with the other three competitions at senior level that we can get something up. So trying to get effectively 85 to 90% of uh, the football back uh, as best as you can, would you be opposed to, say, having a, a Premier B club recruit some players from a Premier C club that could be close by or even lower divisions for, for that matter? Yeah, well, I mean... It, 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 Carl, some, it's something that we can't stop. We certainly would be discouraging it. And within the VAFA, there's certain rules that we would uh, impart upon clubs. If there was a mass exodus out of a club into another club, sure. we certainly would be um, reviewing that strongly. And it's it's likewise if um, there's plenty of players who are seeking transfer into a particular club, um, we certainly would be reviewing that. We just don't want compromise seasons. If we're going to get away, we want to give all our... Players who are registered and were registered last year and are keen to play and committed this year again the footy. Um, what it looks like, probably no one knows at this stage. Um, but certainly we're very, very positive about playing. Uh, we've got to get over some hurdles and a decision we made on the 22nd. Yeah. 
So I asked uh, Lee this question earlier in the show. I'm going to mm. ask you as well, and it's purely hypothetical, and I understand yeah. that you're still seeking some assurances around insurance. But yeah. uh, let's say in a hypothetical situation you get a season up and running and a player, whilst playing, contracts COVID-19 and yeah. falls seriously ill and um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe even the worst happens. Who knows? We don't want to... Uh, put that on anybody, um, where would that leave yourself and, importantly, your board of directors in terms of liability? And that's the position we need to find out directly from the uh, insurance policy and coverage. Mm. Um, right now, if someone tests positive um, within a club, it's a, it's a health department issue. The AFL, VAFA, it's not a decision that we would make. They would certainly um, look to isolate that person and maybe the people they've been in touch with. So, I mean, that's the risk, certainly, if we continue and play, that um, there is a community outbreak within a club or within a competition. So it's certainly one that we're um, watching really closely. In terms of the insurance piece, certainly everyone needs to be assured. Um, People acting responsibly um, and and reasonably in this day and age, it's no different. I've used the example of, of COVID being, you know, if we remove the COVID piece, I can't remember a, um, a community volunteer being sued or the policy being brought into question because someone acted unreasonably or you know, with malicious intent. Everyone's doing their right thing. The protocols are in place. If people do their very best to meet those protocols, um, my understanding is the policy would um, would cover that. And it doesn't cover it if you get the flu or a cold. Sure. That's not a player accident issue. So certainly if someone contracted covid um, the concern would be around the community transition more than the liability piece. But, you know, I hasten to add that in 25 years of footy, I've never heard of a volunteer being sued and the policy being brought to bear based on someone's you know, acting unreasonably or, or intent. So that's, I guess, the best answer I can give to that No, question. I understand. And look, it's a fair call um, too. Based on our 25 years' experience, there's a lot of experts out there, and I said this to a family member a couple of weeks ago, um, you bump into a lot of experts as you go along, but the truth is we've never been through this before and we don't really know any of us. So, but in a traditional sense, of course, board of directors, there is an element of liability, uh, potentially. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, they've they got to make calls and got to make certain that they were. It's a lot of responsibility, isn't it? Yeah, they, they, they certainly need to be well informed. And I think that's where the AFL and AFL Vic have been terrific in providing us information. I mean, people have been screaming out for it to be more timely. There's certainly been a lack of certainty, which is out of everyone's hands, really. I mean, the state government. If you look at other states, WASA have returned a lot sooner to community sport, but they had a lot less community transmissions. Victoria being conservative by name and nature, I would argue. But we're certainly at a positive state now, and they realise the importance of getting community sport back up and running, not just in the VAFA, but you know, across senior men's competitions and also all our juniors. I mean, um, people get back to playing and... I was only out this morning up the road and I've never seen cafes and roads busy and as full. So certainly people want to get back to some form of normality and if that's attending your local community sport, given crowds are restricted at an AFL level, um, it certainly might be a real boon for local community economies um, and, and interest, which I think you know, has waned at times only because there's so much interest in the AFL. You can watch it on the telly, you can watch it on your on your phone, you can do it everywhere else. Um, but going to local sport is, is really important. That's been in my blood for since I was a young bloke. So um, it's certainly something we need to continue. Yeah, yeah there's a real need for it too. I think uh, most of the amateur football community were playing golf at Royal Glen Waverley over the last few Saturdays. <laughs> the queue goes out into the car park at the moment. They've no one, People have got nothing else to do. 
Um, but we'll get back to uh, maybe I can get a game soon when local footy starts up, if it does. Hey, Brett, uh, really appreciate you giving up your time uh, this morning. Uh, it's a very, very complex issue, and um, you seem like you're right across it. Uh, appreciate you wouldn't put a percentage on uh, wanting to know whether you play or not, but it seems as though the VAFA are keen to push ahead if they can. Um, but around assurances around insurance being the critical one, and of course financial st- sustainability as well. You've been a great, oh, you are a great representative and ambassador for VAFA, and we appreciate you giving up your time this morning, mate. No problems anytime, Wiz, and thank you again, Carl. And good luck, boys. Keep up the good work, and uh, let's watch uh, watch with interest. That yeah, you know, let's hope the community sport gets up and running, junior and senior level, and we can all get back to some sense of normality and enjoy those crowds and whistles on a Saturday afternoon rather than the trains and the cars running past your house. Eh? Spot on, pal. <laughs> That's absolutely right, Brett. Thanks for joining us, mate. Thanks, lads. All the best.